Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to HopeNet Radio tonight. It's Jeff and DW with you. And it's good to be with you tonight. Tonight on the show, get connected with us. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as usual. And uh, man, tonight's going to be a good night. It's November already. Can you believe that? I, I can hardly believe where time is going, Dave. And, and uh, tonight we're going to have a good conversation. So we would love for you to be a part of the show with us. So tonight, Dave, what are we talking about here? You know, it's really interesting. As we get into November, we start thinking more in terms of Really, family. We think in terms of Thanksgiving. We think of Christmas, uh, and especially this year, uh, Christmas is like three weeks, a little less after Thanksgiving. I mean, it's, it's it's as short a span as you can get between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's like party city. It's nuts. Yeah, it, it's just it, those of you that get stressed out by parties, get ready, get your stress hat on because <laughs> you, you are gonna you're gonna be in one party after another. Yeah, um, I I feel for you if you work in retail too, because uh, man. Yeah, they're going to jam nuts. it down for three weeks. You're going to be really running around the floor, <laughs> which is good, I guess, if you're going to make some money doing that, and that's that's one of the goals of retail. So right. uh, maybe that works. Right. But but here's what concerns me. This is also a time of year when people are probably um, most depressed and, and most anxious as well as celebrating. And doesn't that confuse you at all? I mean, when, when we're having these times where we're getting together to be thankful, be with family, why do we see such a plethora of, of anxiety and anger and depression really start to take over during this time of year? It's just interesting to me to see that kind of pattern start to take place when it should be a time of rejoicing and enjoying family and being with people. Yeah, it's, it, is a, it is actually a time of high expectations is what it is. I mean, there's so much going into it. You have the perfect – you've got to get everything ready for the perfect meal. You're going to have all your family together or some people that you can tolerate uh, for a few minutes. And – you're going to have a perfect meal. Everything's going to be together. The turkey's going to come out just awesome. You know, the potatoes and whatever you guys do. Maybe you do steaks. I don't know what you do for Thanksgiving. But whatever you do for Thanksgiving, there's just – we have expectations. And so some of them tonight, we're going to kind of touch on that a little bit. We're going to start that conversation. What are healthy expectations? Not just for Thanksgiving, not just for Christmas, like what presents you're going to get or all that stuff. But what in life, what are good expectations to have? Because there's – there's a lot of expectations. There's If you ask a person what they desire most in their life, you're going to get 50 million different answers, really. Yeah. And there's going to be some commonalities, but you're going to get a lot of differing opinions, like what their, what their goals are for their life, what they hope to be when they're such and such an age, you know, all these different mm-hmm. milestones that we look to get to in life, and then what our, what our media and what's portrayed in our entertainment also yeah. gives to us. So, um, and, and age and experience play into that, too. I mean, you're, you're going to have different perspectives. I know my daughter's... Um, when we talk about Christmas, they ask about my expectations as a dad. And, you know, I tell them all the time, uh, every year, uh, whether they ask it now or not, I tell them, here's what I expect at Christmas to make my Christmas very special. I just want you here. I want to be with you. I, I don't care where it is. It, it, you know, there's no present in the world that matters to me. There's no, what do I want? I want to be with family during that time period. I want to wake up on Christmas morning and just be with them. We have a, a tradition where we make uh, omelets in a bag on Christmas morning, that, that kind of stuff. I, that's all I want. I, mm-hmm. I just want to be with you. Now, when I was younger, I wanted a Tonka truck or, you know, or something like that. But as you get older, the perspectives and, and even the expectations change of what makes something very special. And expectations have a lot to play in on whether you're going to enjoy the holidays coming up or not. Yeah. Joining us also in studio tonight, we have one man down, but uh, this other guy is, I think, pretty special and... Um, his name is Todd. So, <laughs> welcome, Thanks. welcome to the show, Todd. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are some? I guess what are some of your expectations? You are early twenties, mm-hmm. and so you're looking at life through a different lens from both DW and I. What is? What are some of your expectations that you would like to see happen down the road in your life? 
A lot of it depends on, I think, what God has planned, which is something that I think I wrestle with a lot, just trying to surrender what it is I would like to see happen. But I would like to, I would like to get married. I'd like to have a family. I'd like to um, find something that I'm able to wake up in the morning and just love to do. And I guess those could be high expectations um, in a way, but I mean... Why do you say they're high expectations? Yeah, because seriously, I think I'm married out of my league, so... (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely married up too. I mean, that's the way to go. You you find someone who's who's, uh, quite a bit more classy than you marry them, and and they kind of drag you along in this vacuum of good stuff, so... (laughs) You know, it, it can happen. Yes. But I mean, th- what you're saying, though, on expectations, it's like, you know what, here's here's what I would expect in life. And, and, and those aren't weird expectations at all that you're talking about. You and I have talked a lot, and I've talked to a lot of young people here at Nicolay Bible Institute. One of the things that surprises me is people think that maybe they have to compromise in life and do something in life that they will not enjoy. What do you, you mean? Know, it's like this. We, we have this expectation that God must be sitting in heaven and he wants us to live a miserable life. You know, that's not true. He made you a certain way. And, and one of the greatest things you can do in life is figure out how God Almighty made you and live within the context of that. Now, he tells us this. If you're a Christian, he tells you you're part of a body, so you're a finger or toe or whatever else. Now, now you have to understand that within that finger, toe, whatever it might be, that's where your specialty is. That's where your giftedness is. That's where you're going to be most comfortable operating. My, my fingers are most comfortable operating as fingers, not as a nose. You know what I mean? So all they need to do is be connected to the brain. They operate right, and they're very happy. I mean, they do the things they're supposed to do. Yeah. And so it's not beyond reasonability to think, okay, God, you created me a certain way. And if I find the way you created me and I live in that context, I can actually enjoy going to work every day. I I can do that. That seems like a really big task, though, to figure out all that stuff when you're looking at. Personally, here's me. I'm I'm 28 years old. I'm married. I have one son and one that's on the way. And I'm looking through the lens of this is where I probably anticipated that I would be at 28. I thought I would have a house. I thought I would have maybe a better paying job at this point in my life. I thought that I would have a lot of different things. You know, I thought I'd have a thinner flat screen TV. I thought I would have, you know, the things that you want us, you know, an actual really big riding lawnmower, or this is, this is a perspective of that almost naive, like 28 year old guy. That's, you know, when they're looking at it through the, the 20 or 21 year old eyes, or even the 16 year old eyes, that's where you'd expect, right? I mean, that's what our culture is telling us. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, Jeff, though, you're right, but those expectations are the false expectations in life. And, and God has to kind of peel it like an onion in our life. By this, I mean, some people think if they do have a house and a, and a car and a lawnmower, uh, you know, a, a, that they like. And a oh, flat, and, and a really big tool chest. And a really big tool chest. I mean, if they have those things, then, I mean, they're living high. I, I mean, this is a great thing. What happens, I think, a lot of times is God says, go ahead and get them. And you find out when you get them, they don't deliver. What about a boat? It doesn't deliver. I've had one. A big boat? A big boat. You know, you know what's funny? True story. I had two four-wheelers. I had two snowmobiles. Dude, you were awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> At 28? And, and, no, yeah, probably. And, and I have, I don't, I don't know what age. Shazam. And I had, I had a, a fishing boat. All right? I had all those things. Yeah. You know, at 57, about three, four years ago, I found a guy that had three boys. I gave him my fishing boat. Because he had three boys, and I thought you'd use it better than me sitting out there by myself. Mm. I, I, I gave away one of my four-wheelers to a guy up here. I sold the other one for 300 bucks. I, I gave away both my snowmobiles to young guys that actually use them mm. and use them well. And, and, you know, it wasn't even hard to do it. It was like, you know what, I've had these. You live in the Northwoods. I actually live at the edge of the Nicolay National Forest next to Silver Birch Ranch. And there's nothing evil in having them. You can go out and play with them, and they're, they're fun. But I thought, you know what, they aren't delivering as far as— really giving me something that, that gives me satisfaction long-term. So they did, give me a did thrill. you upgrade? No. no. No, I don't have them anymore. I don't have anything. Look at this guy. Can you believe this, Todd? Yeah. And you know what? I'm happier What's than ever. deal? Yeah. I, I'm, I am. I'm more satisfied than ever in life. I did get, a guy gave me, he felt sorry, he gave me a Menards cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good for planting flowers and stuff, but it's really not, it's not something you go out in the woods with and spin it around and stuff, but it, it is one of those interesting vehicles. The point is simple. I think at your age, at Todd's age, you go through this, this is what I need in order to be okay stage. Mm -hmm. And then when you get all that stuff, it's like this stuff didn't deliver. 
I mean, you'll find that out. And you can either listen to me say that, mm -hmm. or you can go through it and find out yourself because it will cause issues down the road. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is you know, we live in the sham wow generation. We yeah. live in the, the... I have one of those. We, we li Dude, I you do. are set. Yeah. I, you are set. Do you want it? I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we live in the age of infomercials, and you can order anything you want. You can have anything you want. And so tonight we're asking what realistic expectations are, not necessarily for the material stuff we have in our life, but really, what's what are some realistic expectations? So... Make sure you join us in the conversation. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. We're going to take a break and play some music. Keep it right here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio tonight. Join us in the conversation. You can email us during the show, hope at hopenet360.com, or on podcast. The same thing works. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as well if you're hanging out there, and you can use the hashtags HNR, and, uh, or you can just post on our Facebook wall, whatever works best for you. Uh, so tonight, DW, Todd, we're hanging out in studio. We're missing missing Kyle tonight, uh, but he is alive and hopefully surviving and well and all that good stuff. He'll be back again, I'm sure, later. Uh, but we are talking about expectations, and not only expectations in general, but this is the time of year where Thanksgiving's coming up. We're starting, you know, we're past Halloween. If you celebrate Halloween, I don't know. It's I'm not going to be legalistic here, but uh, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. It's a few weeks away. And so maybe you're planning your ultimate Thanksgiving meal. Maybe you have your favorite recipes that you can't wait to go shopping, you know, and get all the goodies and, and ingredients and everything and put together this fantastic meal. But there are some of us that go through and, and we can't quite meet those expectations for one way or another. And we are growing up. There are many young people growing up with unhealthy expectations, unrealistic expectations. And I want to read this quote because this ties into – what I really want to get back into is how do we get to living a life with realistic expectations, uh, realistic expectations. And so Seth Godin, he's not really a theologian by any stretch, but he writes this quote that has stuck with me um, for a couple of years now since I heard it. But he says, instead of wondering when your next vacation is, maybe you should set up a life you don't need to escape from. And I just thought it was interesting because so many of us, our Western culture, says you, you work your nine to five, you get off, you work for the weekends and then you party. And once you're done with that, um, maybe you set up a vacation, you head down to the Caribbean or something. And, and, uh, we look forward to our escape. So it's interesting that we would set up a life that we need to escape from. And Todd, you said something interesting in the last segment and, uh, wanted just to hear your perspective. You know, the things that we do with our time, we're obviously not enjoying them if we have to take a vacation and i'm not saying vacations are bad but why do we set up a life where you have to escape from i mean does this do you agree with seth here or do you see things entirely different yeah i think we do i think we live just to make the money we live just to do whatever we have to do to survive instead of getting up if there's something you enjoy doing get up and do it you know what i mean i mean make an effort to um spend time doing what you really enjoy and i mean you know, God's given you passions and desires for a reason. If you are striving to live within his will and follow his lead, I think that he'll open doors to allow you to do things that you love to do. I agree with that. So how do you, you know, you're looking at a, I mean, you're an early 20-year-old guy. We're looking at it. I'm looking at it from, I'm 28. I love what I do. I really do. And sometimes it's been to my detriment because there are times where you feel like, you could go out and make more money in the secular industry or somewhere else and do something that you can get by with. And I'm sure you felt the same way, Dave. You, you, you know what, though? You just it. made a statement there that clicked my brain off. It was like you could do something else to make more money. It, it's the assumption that money, it's the expectation that money will bring you more contentment in life. And it doesn't. See, contentment doesn't come from money. It, it doesn't come from that way. Money can buy a lot of things. It can't buy you love. I understand that song. But it can't buy the most important things in life. It, it will never buy satisfaction. It will never buy. It will give you momentary pleasure. You can buy a thicker steak. You can go to a restaurant where everybody is hoity-toity and makes you feel like a million bucks. I mean, you could do that. Yep. Uh, but, however, 
you know, what, what happens is we start to uh, almost prostitute our lives for money. We sell out to money. And somebody said that was the way to do it a long time ago. Yeah. And, and I would suggest a different thing. And, and Todd, you and I have talked about this as we've, have we, as we've met and, and so many young people in the mm-hmm. Nicolay Bible Institute we've talked about. You got to sit down one day and figure out what would I do for nothing. Yeah. That was, that was huge when you said that to me. That really rung true. And the other thing that you said to me, too, that like I just never really thought about before you said it was – you know, it's not a sin to be poor. <laughs> right. And if you can do what you love to do um, with who you love, I mean, you could be the richest man in the world. Yeah. You know, it's it's very interesting when you start looking at the expectations in our world. People honestly believe that if you don't have a lot of money, there's something wrong with you. you you're making poor decisions. You're somebody who's irresponsible. It could be that you chose to live that way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we moved up to Silver Birch Ranch to start the year on ministry in 1981, my wife and I made 150 bucks a month. We chose to live that way. And I can remember going in and talking to people about needing a house and getting a loan one day for a house and that kind of thing. And what was very interesting is how I felt. I felt like people were looking at me like I was irresponsible, stupid, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and yet yep. it was something. Here I had a master's degree in education. I was totally successful at what I was doing. And I quit and came up here and made no money. And now everyone's patronizing me. And I'm th- sitting there thinking, <laughs> you know. Um, and and I, I felt like wearing a sign. I chose to be poor. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not poor because I'm an idiot. You know, okay, I mean, but at the same time, did you go on welfare? I no. Mean, what did you do there? No. Okay, so there's there's a there's a kind of a diverting viewpoint here because there's a there's a problem in our culture, and we have this you know we call it the millennial generation. I'm part of the millennial generation, and this is the generation that says if it doesn't make me happy, I'm moving on. Right. And, and so we have a bunch of and we talked about we have a bunch of narcissistic people that walk through life and, and think it revolves around them. Maybe you call it delayed adolescence or just a prolonged adolescence or whatever, but that that's also a problem in our culture, and it's it's also a, a problem to our society because we have people that want to live on welfare. They want to live on government assistance and let everybody else pay for them. Right. So there are going to be people that look at you that, you know, you make 150 bucks a month. They're looking at you like, uh, dude, you need to be you need to be working to help our society rather than taking from our society. Yeah. Well, and in reality, I was working for a bigger cause. We just didn't have any money then to run Silverbird Transfer as a nonprofit. Right. And and what's what's interesting too is you as you were talking there, Jeff. What we have to understand is that in our lives, when I say to to Todd, you need to find something you do for nothing and do it. A narcissistic generation thinks, okay, I got to figure out how to get paid for sitting on the beach at Malibu. You know, I mean, yeah. I, that's what I got to get figured out because that's what I would do for nothing, man. That's what a it, lot of the the baby boomer generation is looking at our millennial generation and saying that's all they want to do. They want to drive yeah. the nice cars. They want to sit on the beach. They want to have yeah. vacation every single so, day and not work for it. So that I have to clarify because that's not what we were talking about, was it, Todd? No. Something you said, though, that really brought to mind a passage that I had um, read through recently. It was in um, 1 Corinthians 2. Um, starting in verse 14, he says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And it just made me think, like, you know, the whole world, like, moving up here, for 150 bucks a month, the whole world is going to say that makes no sense. Right. But you, if you're living and following God's word, I mean, he could be giving you the green light and be like, that's what you need to do. Even though it makes no sense to no one else, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? There were six of us who did that. They quit our jobs, all of them in the same boat. And one older guy, my dad, who basically said, trust God, this is right. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is, all of us had been volunteering here, doing it for nothing. You know, we loved it. Yeah. And, and what we did is we came up to do the hardest work that we loved, and now I've been here 32 uh, years, and I still don't think I've gone to work yet. I get up every day, I work hard, I go to sleep, and I can't wait for, uh, until tomorrow after I go to sleep to start it all over again. And I can't even tell you what I make. Uh, I, I know that I should know that, but I don't. I, I am not that <laughs> interested in that. And that's what right. I wish for the next generation to hear. You can get to the point. If it's all narcissistic and self-centered, you're not going to make it because that's not how God made you. But there is something that God created you to do that he fashioned you before you were even born 
to do this. And I, and I encourage you to spend some time and evaluate what that might be and then start heading in that direction with preparation and mentoring and education and that stuff. All right, so we want to hear from you. Email us during the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Share some of your expectations, what you thought you would become or what you thought you would have at this point in your life. And, um, you know, have you have you gotten those things? Are you happy with where you're at in life? Uh, share your thoughts with us. Email us or connect on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to take a break and play some more music. You're listening to HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. We're back on HopeNet Radio. DW, Jeff with you tonight. Connect with us during the show. We would love to hear your thoughts and perspectives on expectations, what expectations you've had in your life. And if you've ever been let down, uh, Dave, I can probably assume you've never been let down in your life on your expectations or any of that. But uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. And it's Thanksgiving season. And uh, maybe that's a good thing for you. Maybe that's a hard thing for you. And I just want to remind you, you can connect with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. And you can talk to somebody live about things you're struggling with. Maybe you're still dealing with grief and loss of a loved one. Maybe this is a hard time for you. Maybe there's been a lot of disappointments in your life, and life right now for you is very hard. And it's important that you don't walk through life alone, but that you find someone that will walk with you through that. And we have a live coach waiting to chat with you tonight on our crisis chat line. So check out Hopenet360.com and talk to a live coach. So DW, uh, we're talking about expectations. We're talking about how we have good expectations and not just talking about the perfect Thanksgiving meal or the best presents under the tree this Christmas, um, but we are focusing on really what ultimately life, our life is going to come down to because a lot of times what we search after in our life is we want that sense of fulfillment. We want that sense of accomplishment. You know, if you have a family, you want to be able to provide for them. And it's just it's really important that we help to give some perspective on what real healthy expectations are in life versus what our media and our culture and our society tells us is what we should have and what we're entitled to. So I, I want to go back to the significance and security that we've talked about so often. Really, w- what everyone that's listening to really wants in life is to be significant. And by that, I mean they want inclusion. Yes. You know, I mean, inclusion equals significance, believe it or not. I mean, not, not necessarily that you're the best at anything, but inclusion. And, and we look for this inclusion in all the wrong places. That, that's why I think peers are such an influence and why, you know, we, we get in trouble with the, the people around us. Bad company corrupts good morals, that kind of thing. Yep. And, I, you know, it's because we are trying to be included in something. And, and we think that inclusion in something will give us this wonderful satisfaction in life. So whether it be dressing a certain way or acting a certain way, we don't want to be weird. We want to fit in. We want inclusion. And that's true. That's how God made us. Mm-hmm. But but we're really made to be included in his family. I mean, that's the inclusion that will give us the, the peace and the joy and the stuff that we really want. Satan is the master at making the expectations different. In fact, coming up in the season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, a lot of people become very sad because, you know, they have this idea in their head that, man, this is when everybody else gets to celebrate things with their good family. You know, and here's the truth of, of the matter. Uh, there are many people Thanksgiving and Christmas that are alone. There are many, not, not just a few. There are many. Mm-hmm. There are many who get together at families and wish they weren't. Yep. You know what I mean? It, yep. it, it may be portrayed as, as all getting on a sleigh and a little horse pulling them down a thing and all singing Noel, Noel together. But there's a lot of families that are struggling and they don't even want to get together, but they do out of obligation. There's tension. There's anger. There's alcohol. Oh, there's dysfunction junction. Yeah, I mean, yep. un- unbelievable. Yep. So, you know, these holidays that are coming up, they, they can be fantastic times of celebration with God, and, and they can be fantastic times of celebration with family. And, and when things don't work out, you're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're really not. The expectation really needs to be right here. here here's It's kind of interesting. Um, false expectations come from perspective. And, and Satan is really good at twisting that. And God wants us to live in, in, in the true perspective. And here's what we have to understand about God. God does not have a perspective because he sees everything exactly the way it is. We have perspective because we only see it from one angle. 
That is deep. Yeah. But wow. that's what causes problems. So what Satan does is he messes with the perspective. Yep. He can't mess with God's perspective. Well, that's that is a very that's a very good point, Dave. Um, what I, what I'm seeing in our youth culture, you know, we talked about parents, we talked about expectations that adults have, having the boat, having the four wheelers, having the nice car, the nice house, the white picket fence kind of ideal, and uh, maybe that's just coming from a white suburban growing up. What I see on you know media and television and all that stuff, but depending on different races, different cultures, you still want the nice cars, you still want the the cash, you want the jewelry, you want all this stuff that in the end, it, it ultimately just leaves you wanting more. It doesn't yeah. really satisfy you for how, that how moment. How do you change perspective, though? Well, uh, we'll get to that. Right. I, I want to look at the our youth, you know, our youth culture for a second. You know, as far as the pressures that youth face and the expectations that they have, many young people today are dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with um, things like depression. Uh, we have young people that are cutting. They don't know how to manage the ups and downs. They have really high ups and downs. And so we have a youth culture, a lot of young people who are on medications for this to try to balance it out. I'm not saying medications are wrong or they're bad or you shouldn't use them at all because that would be ignorant. But I'm saying that we rely on on man-made solutions for things that are probably man-made problems to begin with. Right. We try and give aspirin for headaches rather than trying to figure out how to solve the headache. I mean, and the aspirin works, so we think we solved it. Yeah. But it comes right back afterwards. You know, there is a study I was, I was looking at. It's uh, from Psychology Central, and it's not a website, again, that I'm saying everyone should go to. It's just I, I like uh, looking at different uh, blogs and reading things and putting them next to the Bible and trying to figure out if they're accurate or not. But this is very interesting. It said a new study released in January uh, led them at the San Diego State University, uh, a psychology professor named Jean Twinge, I think her name is, um, found that five times as many high school and college students are dealing with anxiety and other mental health issues as young as youth of the same age that were studied during the Great Depression era. Now, now that's very interesting. We have so much more than than during the Depression right now. We have so much more of everything. We have so much more comfort. We have so much more food. We have so much more everything. But young people are five times as many young people are depressed and that that than during the Great Depression. And mm. down here, they conclude a little bit. They say, some experts say that we have raised our children with unrealistic expectation. The same message perpetually fed to us by media. We should feel good always. Some parents haven't taught kids the real coping skills they need in today's turbulent world. I suspect the guy who have never had a kid puke strained carrots on them and on and on and on it goes. It's like there are real expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and they use the the expectation of having a child. Uh, You've had a a young child. You know, it's really interesting to watch how cute they are in public and holding them, but then all of a sudden you're changing a diaper, they're throwing up in your face. Uh, Yeah, that doesn't make the child bad. It doesn't do anything if you have right expectations. Yeah. Because if you're going to have a baby, you're going to have those things. So it's an interesting study, and I think that uh, Satan loves to pull our chain on perspective, which God doesn't have, which gives us wrong expectations, which leads us down a path of uh, actually despair and eventually depression. You know, in my years in my years of youth ministry, I saw a lot of these different pressures that young people are facing. I saw pressures not only at school and not only in finding a job, now we've got you know our labor laws and young people that can work as, as early as 13, 14 years old, 15 years old. And so we've got young people that are now they're going to get a job at 14 years old. And I'm looking at you know your typical eighth grader and I'm thinking, when I was in eighth grade, that was the last thing that I was worried about was working a you know more of a professional job and whatever. And so there's young people that they have pressures at a work job, they have a pressure at home, maybe the, the things aren't going so well at home and there's a lot of different pressures and time constraints and all that. And, um, you know, with school, schoolwork, athletics are a big thing. Um, that's a big struggle among a lot of young people is they don't know how to balance all of the homework and the workload from school to their sports, to their other extracurricular activities, things that are going on after school hours that they want to be involved in with their friends. Having friend time um, is a premium these days. And so I think part of that is having that disconnect and relying on technology. But there's also the reality that a lot of young people, they have a lot of homework when they come home. They, you know, barely make time for dinner and then they go to bed. They start it all over again. And so how can you blame these kids for having trouble with anxiety 
depression, mood disorders, you know, just their life is out of control, it would seem. And I'm not I'm not saying every kid's like this, but young people today, they're finding that their life is out of control. Yeah, they are. What's really happening is others are setting the expectations for them and not God and not them. And when others set it for you, it, remember, in a narcissistic society, let's say a coach, when a coach is setting an, an agenda for you, and it, it has to do about winning that game and that coach's reputation, that's mm-hmm. what it's for. And, and what we understand is that they're willing to set a very high bar for you, for them. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise, um, believe it or not, teachers get evaluated on how they teach. Mm-hmm. They're willing to set a very high bar for you. Well, now, they do, but then they also have regulations and, and things that they have to adhere to. Absolutely. But I'm looking at it from the kid that comes home that has four hours of homework. Well, that's what I mean. So all of a sudden, instead of being really concerned with even whether they learn or not, we're concerned about whether we get a good grade or not. Well, and that's the other thing, and we're going to have to touch on this more because it's a much bigger conversation. But um, there are so many self fulfilled beliefs and and perspectives we've been telling our young people you're unique you're special you deserve to be happy you're smart and then when one of those pins falls or when they they feel like they're not so unique like they thought they were or they're not as smart as they thought they were they just got a b on their report card yeah they look at it and it's like the world is ending so we're going to continue this conversation in our next segment so you're you're not going to want to go anywhere keep it here on hopenet radio tonight Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Tonight, Jeff and DW are with you. Join us in the conversation. Email us, hope at hopenet360.com during the show and uh, or during the podcast, whatever you're listening to. And we would love to hear your thoughts on this. This is a, a big talk. We finished out the last segment in chatting just about some of the pressures that young people face today. So in the second half of our show, I really want us to nail down some healthy expectations. You know, you've got young people who are, they have pressures from not only school, not only home, Maybe their job, maybe their peers, you know, some of them play sports. So you have all these different dynamics and it it affects the family. It affects every area of their life. But, you know, we're talking about how to have realistic expectations. And so maybe the better question is, is how do you have realistic expectations when other people are imposing their expectations on you? And uh, this is, you know, it's a tension that we live with. I've had a lot of conversations with parents that have come to me that say my my son or my daughter has a lot of homework when they come home. And so maybe my expectation as a youth pastor and having them be at a practice, you know, early and and get involved in youth group and, you know, leader in youth group and commit to all these different youth group activities or church activities. um, Maybe it, it, it caused me to pull back a little bit or to change how I expected students to be involved in youth group. And so these are the tensions that families are facing and wrestling with today. And so maybe parents have things at their job that are just, they're demanding. We just, we live in a, a culture that's so segmented. We're segmented where we, we have unrealistic expectations. That is our conversation tonight. Join us on that. Dave, I want to hear some of your thoughts on how do you respond to a parent or an uncle or somebody, a friend who is, you know, having trouble with their kids having these unrealistic expectations. I, I usually tell a story because years ago, families used to know what they were about. They really did. They understood. There was, the, the word we like to use is focal point. There was a point that they looked at and said, this is what we're about. For example, a farming family in a farming community. What were they about? Milking cows. Yeah. Everything was about milking cows. So do you want to play football at school? You could if the cows are milked. Do you yeah. want to go work out for football at school? You could if the hay's in. <laughs> you know I mean? See, there was yeah. a focal point. Now, I'm not saying that every young person liked the focal point, but there was a focal point. Hmm. And, and every family had it. And I think that the Bible teaches us that we have a focal point. It's not a segmented thing. I, I actually live my life to show the world who God is. I mean, that's what I do. That's honoring God. That's glorifying God. Mm-hmm. That's the focal point. And in my job or my work or whatever it might be, that's the focal point. Yeah. So what I would suggest to people, both young and older, 
is if you're if you're an older uh, person, you have a family. What is your focal point as your family? Uh, sit down at dinner sometime, and and I hope you do sit down at dinner and and sit down at dinner and ask the kids if our family are about one thing. What is it? What is our family about? And see what they say. Mm-hmm. They might tell you it's about dad's work. It might be about mom's career, whatever it might be, football, whatever. Because what has happened is that a family of five seems to have five or six or seven focal points. And, and you have a real problem living with that. Yeah. If you're younger, you can sit down and say, mom, dad, what is the focal point in our life? We want to have direction. When I grew up, Jeff, I understood ours. My dad was a pastor and he started a camp. We were not going to take vacations in the summer. We were going to work here. And we were going to work here from a young age. I didn't always like it, but it was yeah, a focal point. I was going to say, how did that work out for it, you? It was, it was under, yeah, look at me today. I'm still doing it. Yeah, 46 years. And, and, and what's interesting is that it is still the focal point. And so everything mm-hmm. else has to work around that. And I'm telling you, it brings stability. It brings all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Todd, in your life, uh, can you think of a time where you were stressed out or just really, really wrestling with how, how everything was going to balance out in life? Yeah, we grew up, my dad was a pastor, and we would bale hay every every um, summer. And um, there was a point where I learned very early in my life, because we're talking about like expectations, about always wanting to be happy and all this stuff. But there was a point in my life where I learned very early that sometimes life is tough, and not coping with it or just refusing to deal with it doesn't make anything better. Because I remember we were baling hay, and it was like 95 degrees, humid. I was like... I was honestly like 10 or 11 years old, and these bales weighed about half as much as I did. I'm trying to like stack them like yeah. 13 layers high, you know, on our on our trailer. And I just remember like I broke down, and I was just like crying there. And my <laughs> my dad like stops the tractor. He gets down. He kind of like watches me for a few minutes, have my pity party. And mm-hmm. as soon as I'm done, he's like, well, the hay still needs to get bailed. (laughs) And I realized right then, I was like, you know, just breaking down and having issues, like just not dealing with stuff does not make things better. So then, so then I, I don't know. I I love telling that story because I realized, you know, stuff comes in my life now and I'm just like, well, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll, we'll deal with it as it comes. Life doesn't have to be a bed of roses, but I don't have those expectations anymore that life's always going to be comfortable. You know, it, it's um, funny. It, it reminds me of another story. It, it camp, they took shingles off a roof, mm-hmm. and they threw them on the ground, and I was supposed to put them in a truck. Now, there's nails all, all the through, sharp edges. I'm taking one shingle at a time, you know, and throwing them in a the truck. And we were only here for a Saturday to work. So my dad came down and saw me, and he goes, why don't you have that truck loaded yet? I said, well, Dad, I'm having this pity party. Cuts your arms. It's hard to load. I'm here by myself and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so my dad goes, oh. And he bent over and he grabbed like, you know, a thousand of them and threw them <laughs> on the truck all at once. And then we had the thing finished in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we did. And, and I'll never forget that. And he just looked at me and goes, good job. And he walked away. It was like, all right, I got mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. I, I, you don't have to like this. Yeah. You, you need to dive in, though. Yeah. The other thing, too, that um, I really respect my dad for, um, he actually told me this like a couple of years ago. Like, so it's in more recent history, but he just said to me, he's like, Todd, remember, remember all those years we bailed hay? I was like, yeah, of course I remember that. <laughs> he's like, well, it would have been actually cheaper if we just bought hay. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and then he said, and you took him down, right? <laughs> dad. <laughs> so, um, my dad said to me, he's like, I just wanted you to learn how to work. And I was like, ah, you know, like are there sometimes where work just isn't fun then? Oh, all the, yeah, yes, there are times. Do you think anyone ever wants to like plunge a toilet? I don't think so. Yeah, really. Yeah, you got to do it anyway. Right. And I mean, there are things in life we got to get that out of our heads if we're young people. We we, we think everything in life is going to be something that just makes me feel ooey gooey wonderful on the inside. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. There's there some things that, that stink. Yeah, sometimes. The hay just still needs to get bailed. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the realistic expectation, and really, when you have it. You're not miserable, right? Just get the right, right expectation, yeah. right? That is, it's that's a really great point. And so tonight, maybe you're wrestling with other people imposing, you know, their own expectations on you. Maybe expecting you to do things that you don't maybe agree with, or that you just don't want to do. You can always connect with us online at hope at hopenet360.com, where you can chat with a live coach right now, maybe about just how to manage those pressures. Maybe you need some help or some insight on how to manage your time better. And sometimes it's good to take time 
to actually hear from somebody else in their perspective and their wisdom. If you're if you're struggling with perspective, go to the one that doesn't have perspective. Yeah, you know, go to the Bible, go to God. Try and try and put some stuff together that says, okay, here's the realistic expectations I should have in life. Go to somebody. We have a guy at camp that when you come and volunteer and it's raining out and you're going to work outside all day, he comes over to us and he says, you know what happens when it rains out when you when you work outside and it's raining? And everyone goes, no, what are you going to do? He goes, you'll get wet. <laughs> I mean, that's it. True. That's all he says. And True then they story. go out and they get wet all day. And and you know what? They, have, they actually laugh at that one and go, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> See, the expectations, he sets them for him In a weird way, he set them up. You know, it's like, here's what's going to happen if it rains today. You're going to get wet. Let's go. And, and that's what happens. So understand reality. Live within it. Yes. And we're going to talk more about this in our next segment. When we come back, we're going to play some more music. But you're going to want to keep it here on HopeNet Radio tonight. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Tonight we are chatting about expectations. And so connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Get connected. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Tonight we would love for you to be a part of it. So, uh, DW, expectations, the tensions that young people are living in today having all those different expectations, people expecting things of you, I think is one of the hardest things that teens are facing. You you shared a story on some of the statistics of young people that are struggling with anxiety and depression based on some of the expectations that either we hold ourselves or that our, maybe our parents hold over our young people today or even the expectations that our, our job or our workplace um, or school has over our young people. And so that tension probably isn't going to go away, but we have to manage it. We have to do it in a healthy way. And I think it's really important to not only begin to to talk about where or what expectations we should have, because there's a lot of them. I mean, if you're in sports, you've got certain expectations, how you're going to perform on the field, especially if you want to get a starting position these days, or, you know, if you're doing cross country or maybe golf or something, it, it, it changes for different sports. It changes for different families and, and, um, things that you're doing focal points, we call them. And, um, so, you know, we want to we want to help focus where our expectations really should lie, in because there's probably two ways you can look at this, Dave. You can look at it as having all of these maybe worldly perspectives, worldly expectations. You know, what things you're going to have later on in life. You know, so maybe you're looking at your your schoolwork and you're like, if I don't get A's in every class, I'm a failure. If I don't get a 4.0, I'm not going to get you know maybe the scholarship, or I'm not going to you know I'm not going to do really good in life. And so we have. In some ways, we have some good expectations, but we have unrealistic expectations, and it, it becomes difficult when our expectations are unmet. Dave, enlighten us a little bit on your perspective and how you've managed through all these years to come out in my, I guess, in my eyes and many people who have heard from you and ha- who know you, uh, you seem to be a very well-grounded man. And, and so what has helped you to focus your expectations in the right direction? Yeah, you know, if you know me personally, you know that I am... Uh... A, a visionary. So I have a lot of expectations, a lot of things I'm looking at that we could do. And and uh, one of the things that I realized is that uh, this focal point thing is extremely important, that there's a foundational center to everything that I have to have or a foundation to everything. Everything in, in Dave Wager's life, or you put your name in there, has to be held up by something. And, and uh, like a house has a foundation, it's held up by what's under it. And what happens a lot of times is that we neglect the foundational part while we start looking at all the other expectations in life. For example, we want to have a good marriage and we want to have a good job and we want to use our money right, but we've never spent time really knowing why uh, God's plan for money is or why God's plan for marriage or any of that. The, the bottom line is, is that everything needs to be under one umbrella not several umbrellas. And that's what the focal point idea is. So I, what, I would, what I would suggest is that uh, we, what we do is go back in life and we begin to put things in the perspective of the foundation that it meant to be. There used to be a word, uh, there still is, if you were in uh, a Jewish culture, they might come to you and say, shalom. And shalom simply means, I wish you peace that comes from living the way you were meant to live. Hmm. See, there's, there's, a, there's a way that you are meant to live. 
And, and it wasn't apart from God. It was with God. People listening to us today, Jeff, they're, they're on two sides of the fence here. You are either in God's family or you're not in God's family. There is no way for you to experience shalom or the peace according to the way life was meant to be without God. You are meant to be with God. Mm-hmm. And, and so those listeners that are listening today that cannot find peace in their life, I would suggest that they examine their hearts and, and think about what are you trying to find peace in? Are you trying to find it in sports or acceptance or inclusion or whatever it might be? Yeah. It, these things are not necessarily bad. They're just thrown at us in a way that causes us to distort reality. Um, in fact, God wants you to be included in yeah. his family. Yep. And once you're included in his family, then God, the king and the creator of the universe, is there to take care of you. So you get that one settled first. And and that's how I think through the years I've been keeping some kind of perspective. There there are things that, that I need to make sure never, ever get compromised. Uh, we're struggling with that in our, with our country right now. I mean, our country is founded on a lot of biblical principles, and we have people going through saying, well, we need to change that, we need to change this. Well, what they're messing with is the foundational blocks of the country. Mm-hmm. What happens if you mess with the foundation is that the building eventually falls. And, and that's what you have to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and so in our lives, it's the same thing. I, a young person, older person who's ever listening to us today, if you want to have uh, realistic expectations, if you want to live the way you were meant to live, it starts off by getting into a relationship with God. And, and the way you do that is very simple. It isn't our doing. It isn't our trying to make ourselves good enough for God. And in fact, the Bible tells us that, that everybody has sinned in the whole world, everybody, and that this sin actually separates us from God. And, and what happened is God sent his son, Jesus, uh, down to die on the cross so he could pay the penalty for our sins and reconcile us or bring us back together. I, I don't know of anything more precious in life than when two people who have loved each other and they've argued a little bit and they're not talking, when they get together and reconcile. See, that's a wonderful moment in history for that person and that other person. And, and what God has said in the Bible is that our sin has caused us to be separated from God. And God actually made the effort to reconcile or bring us back to him mm-hmm. through Jesus. And really, it comes to the point where I say, okay, God, that's what I need. I am sinful. I am separated from you. You have offered to have me in your family. I accept your offer of Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm not saying I'm going to be really good from now on. I'm going to be good enough for you to love me. I'm going to, I'm going to never sin again. I've never said those things. What, what I'm saying is, God, I realize that I am needy and that you have met my need, and I accept that. I accept the fact that you're rich in mercy, and I accept that. Now, the, the realistic expectation here, Jeff, is that Dave Wager can be in God's family at God's personal invitation mm-hmm. and not according to what Dave Wager has done in this life. And, and that's where I rest my hope. And those of you that aren't resting your hope there, you're going to be anxious. You are. That is, it's really interesting that you say that because there's, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. Us guys are very much how, how reliant we are on ourselves versus other people. Right. And so this whole surrender thing, and we can discuss this more at length, but the thing that God requires most of us is just our obedience. Right. Just our obedience. And what that takes is an absolute surrender. And that's the hardest thing that us guys have to get over is surrendering, what that means to surrender, and to get over the stigma or get over the impression that that means giving up. It's not giving up so much as it is relying and putting your trust and your faith in something that's going to be strong enough to sustain you through whatever weather you face in your life. Absolutely. And um, interestingly enough, we got a message in on uh, on the show tonight. We got a message in a couple that just gave some insights on what things have helped them through some of their difficult times or have realistic expectations. The the wife had, had just shared a, a quote from Voltaire. It says, life is a shipwreck, but we must not forget to sing in the lifeboats. And, uh, well, interesting perspective there just to go through the struggles and go through the times where you're shipwrecked, but to know how to have joy and to know how to have peace in the midst of that. Um, and again, that, that comes through Christ. And then, uh, the, the husband had just written in and just said to let God write your script in your life and to not get so focused on what I feel I need to have or be or do, but to instead let God write your script. If he's really writing your script, I think it's just, it's neat to think about that, that, 
there's a God who cares enough, is going to write your script. He's not going to leave you, forsake you. He's going to do it out of love, out of mercy, out of grace. And he's going to give you the place of fulfillment most that you're looking for in your life. And um, this isn't a prosperity gospel. It's not a it's not a get-rich-quick scheme and by any stretch. That's not who God is. God is about giving you life and life to the full. And I think sometimes we mistake that and, and we put other expectations on God or on what the Bible says. No, just we have to look at it. We have to take it at face value. We have to take, it at, at, we have to take God at his word is really what we have to come down to. And um, it's, not a, it's not a giving up by giving into what God has. It's actually allowing God to open up your life yeah. and you actually God to, live. Yeah, we, God loves you, and he wants you in his family, and he yes. wants to take care of you. Get the expectation right. It's about God, not about your effort, but about his mercy, and then you can enjoy that. So we're going to talk about more of these expectations and get some insights from Todd in our next segment. So you're not going to want to miss this. You want to keep it here on HopeNet Radio tonight. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. It's Jeff and DW and Todd hanging out with you tonight. If you missed any part of the show, it will be available on podcast, on iTunes, or on our website, HopeNet360.com. All you have to do if you're searching on iTunes in the podcast app, search for HopeNet Radio, and you'll find our show there. And you can subscribe. You can listen to all the past episodes we've done in the last two months. And we would love for you to get connected. You can also email us anytime you're listening to an episode and you're like, hey, I got an idea. Send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com or just give us a shout out on Facebook or Twitter. Dave and I respond to your messages and uh, we share our insights there as well. So everything can be found at hopenet360.com if you're having any questions or trying to figure out where we're located and all that stuff. That's all down on our website. So, uh, Dave, expectations. We need to wrap this discussion up. It's not the end of the conversation because this is a tension we're going to live with our entire lives is how to have the right expectations out of life and and really how we we focus our life we talked about these different focal points that families have all around you know teenagers that are at home they're they're in sports they're you know doing extracurricular activities we're busy we're busy people we're fragmented people we put our energies in 150 different directions and go we try to go 100 miles an hour at each different thing and uh, what we're finding is young people even parents adults these days are really struggling with anxiety social disorders, mood disorders, and, um, you know, we can try to solve this just with medication, but I think there's a spiritual side of it as well that we need to also address. And so I'd like to hear your perspective on that and how we, how we really start to make wise choices, how we, how we really start to have healthy expectations in yeah. life. You know, I think we, we jump to medications too quickly. I'm not against them either. I just think we jump to it too quickly. I, I think first we, we want to adjust our expectations. We talked earlier in the show, if you didn't uh, tune in before, get the podcast. And, and we talked about uh, focal points. I think that's number one. You have to have a focal point. It's If it's you that's the focal point and your pleasure, you're in trouble. If it's money, you're in trouble. You need the focal point on God. And if you're not in his family, please get the podcast because we talked about how you can be in his family and get the focal point right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first thing. Then I think you have to adjust your life according to the focal point. See, I mean, it's, it's one thing saying this is what we're about. It's another to actually adjust it. Um, and that's where you get the right expectations. When I went to play football at Wheaton College, I can remember the first speech that the football coach gave us as I walked in as a freshman thinking I'm really good and all that stuff, you know. A couple of things he said still strike me to this day. One of the things was, all right, this is a rough game. You will get hurt playing this game. And when you do, I want you to know what we're going to do. We're going to drag you off the field, and we're going to keep playing. Mm. If you do not want to go through that, do not come in to the sport with us. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's pretty blunt. But, you know, every game I saw people dragged off the field and the game went on. Yeah. You know, it helped us adjust our mentality, our, our, our ideas correctly. So it, what's interesting is those who don't believe that, what they do is they, they end up with a misery index, I call it. it. It's when you hope for something and it's way up high, but life delivers you a whole lot less. 
and, and you're in trouble then. It's like a, a young person getting married. A, a young girl might be talking to me saying, I can't wait to get married. I am going to marry the most handsome man. He's going to be a prince, never have bad breath, always have his hair combed. He, he's going to be this wonderful guy. We're going to live in a suburb. We're going to have a three-car garage, two dogs, a boat, uh, you know, all this stuff. And then they get married, and they're living above mom and dad. They tell them no pets. There is no garage. And, and, and the first morning, man, the guy's hair was a wreck and his breast stunk. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> Wow. Miserable. Yeah. Now, what I call that is there's a reality there and there's a, something that is a, a false hope. And that false hope created a misery index. Mm. And how you close that index. A, a few programs ago, remember we talked about uh, Judas and Peter and, and the differences and how they took care of their disappointments? Yep. Yeah. It matters how you close that index. Believe me. That is a powerful story, the rooster yep. crows. Uh, yeah. Rooster crows and suicide. I mean, yep. it, it, you're either, you're either going to be able to be drawn to God or you're going to be drawn away from God. Yeah. And it's very important that you understand that process. So I guess first and foremost— uh, here's an exercise for everyone. Then I, I know we got to go another direction here, Jeff. But when I once was so so tired and so thinking, God, I can't get everything done. And I remember it was I couldn't cut my grass. It was like I had too much to do. I felt a mile wide and an inch deep. Oh my goodness, I you know? know that feeling. Yeah. What, what I did is I sat down one day and I put a stripe on a piece of paper, and on one side of the paper I listed everything that is worth investing in, like a house, a car, uh, you know, today a phone, whatever, food. Things that I should put time into that I need to. Yep. On the other side, I put at the top things I'd be willing to die for. Hmm. There were three things on there. It was my relationship with God, my family, and the ministry God called me to. And then it was silent. I thought, okay, God. I remember making, it wasn't a deal, but I was praying with God. I said, God, help me live for the three things that I'm willing to die for. And, and the other stuff, I'll just let go if I can't get them done. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It changed my life from that moment on. I, I was able to put things in a perspective. I was able to put things where I didn't create misery indexes. And, and I began to live for three things. And now there's more things on that side. But, but it's all now I feel much deeper and, and less shallow at mm-hmm. this point. And I'm okay with the lawn not getting done. I'm okay with some other things not getting done. But I'm not okay with my family or my relationship with God not being what it should be. Yeah. So I encourage our, our, our listeners, do some thinking on this. Get your expectations in line with reality. And, and if you have misery index, work with an older Christian to get the, the reality check in there and, and adjust yourself according to reality. Don't adjust reality according to yourself. Yeah. That doesn't work. That causes problems. Yeah, and one of these things about expectations, and there was someone that was much wiser than me that spoke these words to me, but oftentimes the frustrations that we feel and that we go through in life are based on unmet expectations. Absolutely. And and that's one thing that just it'll frustrate you until you realize that your your expectations are not being met. Right. And when you address that, when you begin to ask, well, okay, let's question the expectation. Is it really worth being bent out of shape about? It helps decompress what you're feeling, what the emotions are inside to where you can look at it rationally and, and make a, a wise decision. Oftentimes, we're too quick to jump to things and, and jump into things that we should never have jumped into because we get so emotionally charged and it's it, it's about us and it's about our expectations and what we shouldn't have done in the first place. So um, just some, some food for thought to think about. Another really interesting perspective, another interesting point to make is that a lot of times we get bent out of shape, we get frustrated, our expectations um, for our bank accounts or our finances are not being met. And this is one of those top, 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 top things that married couples fight about so much is the area of finances and how we manage it, how we spend our, our money and our investments and all that stuff. And and one of the things that's coming up this week here at Q90FM is our annual share and uh, semi-annual share And this is Q-Drive. Um, it's three days out of six months that we go and ask listeners, people to just who have maybe never supported the radio ministry, who have you know maybe been listening for some many years, and they've been supporting the ministry for so long, just to ask you to be a part of the ministry and to help us be able to do this radio show, um, to continue doing the things that we do on the radio ministry. So this week, Tuesday through Thursday, November 5th through the 7th, this is the, the three days of Q-Drive. And so what we're asking you is, you know, if you love this show, if you love listening to the ministry of the music that's being played, if you love the teaching programs, um, what we do at HopeNet 360, pointing young people and young adults and people to the Word of God, to finding hope and chatting with a live coach and all the, all the different events that we go to throughout the year and support. If you love the stuff we do and we, you love the music we play and you love the ministry, 
that you support it and you become financially involved with it. So these three days, I just encourage you to go before God in prayer and ask him what he's asking you to do. And um, not because it's not because it's something that we need. You know what? Here's what I would like our listeners to think about. We love it if you love the show. That's great. We, we love it if it's meaningful to you. And, and, and you, I believe you'd have some responsibility in that. But those of you that are listening that can understand what we're trying to do with HopeNet 360, we are trying to, to have a conduit for young people to give them a conversation that can save their lives. We want you to get and support this thing so that we can keep it going. We need to expand, not go backwards. We need to keep looking for ways to reach young people, not, not uh, start retreating and saying, oh, young people, they'll never be okay. So for those of you that love the ministry here and what we're doing, great. But for even more, those of you that are listening and saying, yeah, we need a, a place like HopeNet 360. We need to continue to uh, work at getting a conversation started that will save lives. I invite you to pray, uh, you know, ask God, should you be involved and at what level? And let's make sure that we have all the resources we need to make this thing happen. Yeah, and we're a nonprofit radio ministry, so all of your gifts are tax deductible. They're 100 percent tax deductible, and you can be they can be fulfilled any time before June 30th of 2014. So this is our January through June budget. And you'll hear more of it on Q90 FM during Tuesday through Thursday's Q Drive. So just tune in, be a part of it, pray for us if you would, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys and and um, you know whatever you can do. And and I know the finances are a tough or a difficult thing to talk about expectations are one of those things, but I just encourage you when you give, not out of what you feel you can do when you give, because God is asking you to do it. That's one of those things that he'll test you in obedience to do. And it's just, it's wise if you just go out on a limb and just trust God and see what he does. So there's, there's never a guarantee of blessings that come from these things, but God's word is true. And he even says to test him in the area of finances. So be a part of Q drive this week. As for the rest of us here, we're missing Kyle, but uh, we've enjoyed our time with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. Again, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us anytime, and you can also podcast this show. Share it with your friends. We'd love for you to do that. So thanks for hanging out with us tonight. May the God of hope be with you this week and all weeks as you go and you walk in faith and trust in God. So thanks for hanging out with us tonight on HopeNet Radio. See ya. Bye.